only thing we have to fear is fear itself. <laughs> the National Weather Service has issued a severe thunderstorm warning. Welcome. Welcome. To the Common Sense Practical Prepper Podcast. Where prepping doesn't have to be complicated or expensive. Coming to you from a well-defended off-grid compound high in the mountains. Coming to you from his Florida room in Richmond, Virginia. Neither off-grid nor well-defended, unless you count as chickens and cats. Here is your host, Keith. Hey everybody, this is Keith and welcome back to the Common Sense Practical Prepper Podcast Today is February 1st, 2024, and it has been a minute since I've had the opportunity, since I've had the time to get on and record something, but I wanted to get something something uploaded tonight. So if you'll indulge, indulge me for just a few minutes, I want to give, what I guess, what I would call my public service announcement, and the folks that listen to me outside the United States, some of this may apply and some may not. You may have your own terms for some of the things I want to talk about briefly. So with the passing of a family member, a loved one, a couple things I would like to suggest, and some of you folks may be aware of what these are. One is a power of attorney, both a medical power of attorney and a financial power of attorney, or what's called a durable power of attorney here in Virginia. I also want to talk about medical directives and then obviously a will. We'll go backwards. So with a will, it is very, very important. If you do not have a will, you can go online. You can download the forms. Very, very simple to do. Everything that I'm going to talk about here for a few minutes, if you are the person that is ill, that you know is going to pass and we're all going to pass eventually, having these things really provide not really a stress-free uh, situation when everyone's dealing with your estate, but it it helps out a tremendous amount and it helps things go smoothly. A medical directive, it's something that in Virginia, you let your family members know what you what sort of medical uh, steps need to be taken or you want taken for your for your survival. So one would be, you know, do you want to be intubated? Do you want to be on a, on a breathing tube? Yes or no. When it comes to eating, a feeding tube? Yes or no. And it goes, it, there's other, all sorts of things like a do not resuscitate in the event you're at the hospital, you're at home or you're in hospice, whatever the situation, and you have a cardiac arrest. A do not resuscitate would be that paramedics, the firefighters would not do chest compressions. They would not do CPR. So especially with the power of attorney, this gives uh, a family member or a friend the ability to, uh, if you're incapacitated and bills need to be paid, they can get uh, added to your checking account, your savings account, and they can take care of financial issues while you're sick, while you're incapacitated. And then ultimately, if you pass, then it becomes a, a, a little more difficult situation. Really take the time, research this. My father, we had this taken care of. We had several conversations prior to his passing. Although this has been an extremely stressful situation, I know that because we had these taken care of before, that it's taken what little stress away that it can. And I'm certainly very grateful uh, that we had those conversations and we got the paperwork all taken care of uh, well before well before it was needed. 
couple topics at, at, at hand that I want to talk about, and that is your social status. So when the poop hits the fan, breakdown of society, temporary or, or elongated a grid down situation, no power, that sort of thing, your social status means nothing when that happens. And, and this, is what, this is what I mean by that. We've heard all these different news stories of these millionaires and billionaires that are building these bunkers. Zuckerberg, I don't know, bought some Hawaiian island, multi-million dollar underground bunker. People have taken photos, Google Earth, whatever it happens to be. And that's fine. But, you know, he's one of the most wealthiest men in the world. But when the poop hits the fan and all of that money whether you have cash on hand or it's in the bank or whatever, you're not getting to it. If there's a, a grid down situation, your social status at that point is not, oh, I'm, I'm Mark Zuckerberg. I, I, you know, I'm the CEO of, of Meta or whatever they call it. Well, that, you know, that and 50 cents will get you a soda in some places. I assume that all these millionaires and billionaires are going to have private security guards with them in their bunker in case there's a breach or an attempted breach. But you got to think about it. Are these folks vetted? Do these are these security personnel? Do they have families? So when the poop hits the fan, or it's a grid down situation. Where do you think their loyalties lie? And they want to be home with their family, not their you know getting locked down in the bunker, that sort of thing. So it's a, that's a very tricky situation, and I'm not sure how how those folks take care of those situation. They, they vet those people. Now I don't have a bunker. So I don't need to worry about that. But my social status and Zuckerberg or just pick somebody uh, famous, a millionaire, when the poop hits the fan, we're all the same. Their money, their power, their influence is only going to get them so far. They're out on the street or there's a so social unrest, a grid down situation, EMP, whatever. And all of a sudden, everybody's getting out of their cars because they're not working. And somebody gets out of a black suburban or an SUV and they walk up to you and it's Mark Zuckerberg or some other billionaire. And they're like, hey, can you help me? Well, you know, this could be anybody, but this is a billionaire. And they ask you for help. You might be able to help them. You might not. You may want to help them. You may not. But at that moment, with no electricity, no ability to get to get to currency, whatever its situations, you and that billionaire are now on a level playing field. Their social status, all their millions and billions at that point mean absolutely nothing. Now the same goes for your $5,000 or $15,000 or $1.50 or 15 cents that you have in the bank. You're not able to get to that. So the $20 you have in your pocket or whatever it happens to be, that's what you've got. Where you're going to spend it, I'm not really sure. Is it going to be used to barter? Possibly. And another thing about these bunkers that I that I was thinking about, like Atlas Survival Shelters out of Texas is probably one of the largest. You can check out their YouTube channel. The stuff they make is just absolutely incredible and, and over the top. Well, well outside of my price range, trust me. But you think about it, they install, I don't know, dozens of these all around the world every year. So to me, the best thing about having a secure bug out location or a bunker is that as few people as you, as you can know about the location of your bunker. Because again, just like the guards in the, in the underground bunker in Hawaii, something happens, they want to be home with their families. They're a number one priority. So is the, the welfare of their family. If you have a situation where 
you're working on a team that are installing all of these bunkers, you know where these bunkers are. You may not have one in your backyard. So let's say a bunker's put in some guy's house, whatever, two and a half hours away from where you live, pick the state, and you know they've got a bunker. So you've worked on a team that installed a bunker an hour away, two hours away, two days away in in a vehicle. Do you think even they probably signed a non-disclosure agreement, meaning they're not going to disclose to their friends or family or or post any photos about the the multi-million dollar bunker they just installed in Oklahoma City or wherever. People do desperate things. We've talked about this before, but you have to think that the person who knows about the location of Jimmy's bunker or the person who part of a team that installed the bunker, you bet your bottom dollar that they're thinking, I know where a bunker is that we put in six months ago, six years ago. It's right outside of Oklahoma City. That's a two-day drive, 18-hour drive. That's where we're going. That's the, that is a place that I know is supplied well. I know the people. And then they get to the bunker and then that's a whole different conversation. Hey, hey, Jimmy, it's, uh, it's Mike, uh, you know, from whatever survival shelters, you know, we installed, we helped install your bunker. You know, we need assistance or is a situation where people become very, very desperate and they're going to take that by force. So it's a really sticky situation. Obviously I, I'm not a handyman and I don't have the ability nor the resources to build, to build my own bunker. So only, only I know about it, but it's, it's a really weird situation that, you know, you think about these kind of things sometimes, how desperate people can get and do the guards abandon their post because they want to go home with their family? Uh, do they turn on the the millionaire, billionaire or whatever it happens to be and they're taking supplies and they're taking ammunition because they're they're leaving, you know, and then the folks that know the location of these bunkers, are they going to, in a, in a desperate situation, are they going to seek out the location and either ask for assistance or, or, or try to take the bunker by force. And some of the things I think about when, when I'm sitting at home, yeah, you know, with, with nothing else to do, but really think, all right, we'll talk about the chickens. The chickens are doing fantastic. They really have not skipped a day. It got very, very cold a couple of weeks ago when I was in Indianapolis, it was 22 below zero. When I got ready to fly out here, um, it got down to, uh, 16 degrees, uh, like three or four nights in a row. Uh, I put it, I did put a heat lamp. I did secure the heat lamp very well in each of the coops and the chickens. You would have thought it was a three headed monster. They stayed as far away from that as they could. I ran it for one night. And then when they, they moved away, uh, from the second night, I just went ahead, went ahead and unplugged them. They're 150 Watts a piece and they're, it's kind of a radiant heat. You know, you get, you get a foot away from it, or six or eight inches either, you know, on either side or below the actual heat lamp itself, it's not putting out anything. This, these lamps don't warm up the, the entire coop. To me, they look very similar to like those warming lamps. Like you go to a diner or a restaurant, put it in the window. It's under that really, really warm lamp to help keep the, the food warm and the plate warm. So I think that's, that's kind of what they are, you know, and they would have worked very, very well if the chickens would have huddled up underneath it. But they decided not to, but their egg laying really hasn't uh, skipped a beat. I haven't noticed any other than those days when it got down to about 16, really haven't noticed a drop off in the egg production, which is, which is very, very good. So the freeze dryer, what I've been doing with the freeze dryer, 
um, you know, in between meetings and, and, and all this paperwork and everything I'm doing for my father's estate is I actually went into my pantry and I grabbed some green beans and some corn that were coming close to their use by date or expiration date, whatever you want to call it. Now, technically, so they, they have, that has to be labeled as far as expiration use by, uh, or, or sell by date. Honestly, canned food, if it's canned correctly, and, and I don't see a reason why most of our stuff in the grocery store would not be canned correctly, that can last for years after. So when you get a can of corn today, February 1st at 2024, let's say the expiration is 2026, I would be confident in eating that corn in February of 27 or 28, two, three years, even further past the expiration date. And I'm sure Folks have done plenty of videos on YouTube where the headline is eating corn that's 12 years old out of a can or something like that. So I've heard many, many reports that people have eaten that two, three, four, five years and even beyond the expiration date. So went ahead and did um, some of the the beans, I'm sorry, the, the peas and the green beans. And uh, they took several hours. There was, you know, they were really, really, they were canned in water. So it took a while for to get all of that water out. But I was able to put those into canning jar and they're vacuum sealed and they're sitting on the pantry shelf. Another thing I decided to try was freeze dried Twinkies. And believe it or not, my very first batch, they were in for nine hours. The very first batch came out fantastic. I absolutely love those things. Super, super tasty. Now, the second batch I ran that was in for 13 hours. Normally I have it run and then I add two hours extra onto it just to make sure. Well, that's okay, but it really, the second batch, it was, it was on for another three and a half hours with that extra three and a half hours. It made it a little more, uh, it made it harder and it wasn't as tasty as the ones that were in for nine hours. I figured when I, when I ate the one for nine hours, I'm thinking, well, shoot, this thing, it's it's completely freeze-dried. All the moisture's out, or, or the vast majority of the moisture's out. No problem. When it was in for the extra two and a half hours, I didn't think it would make that much of a change, but it really, really did. It tastes okay, not as good as the one that we're in for nine, and they are a lot harder to chew. They're crunchier, and to get, you know, to get that first bite to break it open, you have to use a lot more force. So, I'm going to go back and make another batch. I'll hang on to all of them, but I'll make another batch and I'll go ahead and pull them out after nine hours. I won't give it that extra two and a half, three hours. Like I do a lot of, a lot of things just to make sure that everything, you know, everything is uh, well freeze dried and we get it vacuum sealed and we don't have to worry about it for several years. So, all right, folks, I appreciate everybody dropping by. What I want to talk about next time is uh, the farmers that are protesting in the EU uh, security personnel at certain airports are uh, are on strike, as well as railway workers in in several different countries. You know, in support of truck drivers and and the farmers. I want to talk about that. I want to talk a little bit about. I'm going to go out on a on a limb and talk about a conspiracy theory that I have that a lot of people are talking about. 
uh, I'll leave that for the end of the next podcast in case uh, nobody wants to listen to that. I'll put a little chapter marker or something like that. I want to talk about uh, crime in the major cities. I want to talk about the border. And again, when I, when I talk about, you know, I squeeze in politics because you really can't talk about politics and what's going on in society separately. They're so intertwined. But I want to give it several examples, and it's reason 512 why I prep. Reason 513, why I prep. All the stuff going on in the world, Israel, uh, the Red Sea, the Tutti Frutti people shooting missiles at ships, all of that is all tied into why I prep. So I'm not going to go on a rant and talk about the left and the right and the center. I'll talk about world events, and then I'll bring it home and then tie that into the reasons why I prep. All right, folks. Again, thanks so much. If you want to find me on the Twitter or the X, the handle is prep underscore podcast. You can search that, or obviously you can search common sense, practical prepper podcast, several emails. Thank you folks. Uh, I have had a chance to get back to those emails, practical prep podcast at gmail.com. If you want to drop me a line again, folks, I appreciate it. And as always, please take care of one another, be safe out there. And until next time. Thanks for listening to the Common Sense Practical Prepper Podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. While you're at it, help spread the word by leaving a rating and review. 